Downtown Eau Claire is the place to experience amazing restaurants, entertainment of all sorts, and unique local shops to find your new favorite thing. You're invited to Trick or Treat Downtown. Join thousands of ghouls and goblins and enjoy a spooky time from 3 to 5 on October 31st. Learn more about this and other exciting upcoming events at downtowneauclair.org. Hello everyone, Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. A brand new week ahead of us. If you want more conversation, more thoughts on Travis Hakes, you can go back to last week's shows. Plenty of, of Travis Hakes discussion last Tuesday and, and what I would foresee to be the the end of chapter one, if you will, on Thursday. We'll no doubt get back to Travis Hakes here in a little bit when more news pops up and we see what the next stage is with that. But uh, no more Travis Hakes for for a while, which is good. We'll move on to other things this week and, and going ahead, including a story that kind of flew under the radar last week kind of caught everybody a little bit off guard last week Uh, we'll get to that in just a moment as well but uh, begin with this some good news Uh, first off if you're not already make sure you're following and subscribing to us on Spotify and iHeart have all of these locally made podcasts coming right to you Uh, some good news this week Uh, we learned Earlier this week that the population in Eau Claire, which already anecdotally people knew was on the rise, is actually on the rise. Current estimates have us a little over 71,000 in population. That's that's significant growth since I first came here in 2006. Significant growth. And the city is now... Uh, the seventh largest in the air in the state. And when you think about it, they include Racine, but Racine is right in that area with Milwaukee. Uh, Appleton is on its own, uh, I suppose, but really this is becoming truly one of the big uh, population centers in the state. And with it comes good things, in terms of being able to swing your weight around a bit, it means that you're going to be hitting more key demographics for businesses to be considering coming to the area, not just uh, businesses for jobs, but things like a Chick-fil-A. Look at your area even more. And of course, there is some downsides to it. And I wouldn't say downsides, but there are some things that we have to put more work into. This is going to mean more pressure on things like roads and sewers and unfun things, if you will. You've got, you're going to have pressure on various services. And not only is Eau Claire's population going up, but various areas right around Eau Claire, the population is going up, and there aren't any borders, and that's a good thing. And people come into Eau Claire all the time to do an awful lot of their work and business. So again, services will be taxed. Uh, We just have to keep that in mind as 
time goes on. And one of those services is obviously the school district. And we'll get to something in a moment with the school district that I bet a lot of you didn't catch last week. But we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Did want to bring this up before we got too deep into it. Uh, Saw this story yesterday, but Tim Bain or Bone, and I apologize if I'm not uh, pronouncing the name uh, properly, but Tim Bain or Tim Bone, 41 of Chippewa Falls, was found not guilty on Monday of child sexual assault. Found not guilty by a jury of his peers. A former UWEC risk management director, he was charged back in 2020 of several counts of child sexual assault. A number of children came forward and had made claims, either directly or indirectly through adults, that Timothy Bain had done naughty, naughty things with them. Uh, Most notably had touched them inappropriately, uh, had tickled them inappropriately. Well, again, Timothy Bain had held firm that he was innocent, actually spoke in his own defense, and was exonerated in trial on Monday. Now, I I, I don't have the full breakdown of the trial, obviously. I don't know. Uh, was this something that maybe if you were watching the trial, you'd wonder what was the jury thinking or anything, any conspiracy theory? What we know is what we know right here and that he was cleared by a jury of his own peers. And I bring this up because he went through the process and was cleared and he, it's owed being known. It's owed having it out there in the Internet's first that Tim Bain is cleared and he did not do what he was accused of being do. One of those things that is just horrifyingly awful as a human being, being accused of child sexual assault. And again, it's it's turned out that he is uh, innocent of those charges and hopefully he can move forward with that. I know the stories noting that he was a former UWEC risk management director, the the implication is that he uh, probably lost his job when the allegations came forward, which is unfortunate. It's not uncommon, though, for that sort of thing to happen. Either you, you know, you're not necessarily let go, but you are sort of told that maybe this is not the right place for you. And that's not that's not just a, a finger pointed at UWEC. That, that's any business if something like this happens. Uh, so hopefully Timothy Bain can get, uh, can get back on the right track here uh, after he was cleared of these charges. And by the way, for those families impacted on the other side, may they find peace uh, some way, somehow. Uh, as well. But again, I only bring this up not to go, hey, 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 you know, the the other side was completely wrong and you get what you've got coming to you. No, no, no. I bring this up because we always get the big story when there is the initial allegation. We rarely get the follow-up. So if, if you've noticed on this show, we do this a lot. We bring up when somebody has been cleared of something. We did it uh, a few months ago when a young man was cleared of a, uh, a sexual assault charge from an incident uh, during Rockfest a while back. 
Uh, so we'll always bring that up. If somebody's cleared, always want to make sure we get that out as well. We'll hammer people when they do something wrong. We, we do that a lot on this program, and we're about to do it here in a moment. But we always want to make sure we're bringing up when people are cleared. Because how many times have you been accused of something that's not, ni- that's not on this sort of level? You're, you're accused of something at work. Hey, Bob ate the sandwich in the refrigerator that was meant for me. Whoa, 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 I didn't do that. Imagine how bad that feels when you're accused of, of doing something like eating the last cupcake in the break room or something. Or, or imagine how bad it feels when you are accused of being the one that cut wind in the carpool. Now just imagine if it's this, something like uh, what Tim Bain was accused of. All right. That moves us on. Speaking of allegations and accusations and all of that, story popping up late last week, and it kind of got lost a little bit, I think, between all of the hubbub over Travis Hakes. I think because this last weekend has sneakily become a vacation weekend for a number of people with a various with a few school districts having extended breaks during this last weekend, not all in the area, but a few. So this sort of got lost in there. But Kirk Madsen, a longtime area educational professional, uh, had been the principal at Eau Claire North High School, had previously been a principal at other schools in the Eau Claire area school district. He is now the former North High principal, and that is because it came out that on Monday, September 25th, the early morning hours, this would have meant you know, basically that Sunday night into Monday, and that Monday was a school day. He went off the road, driving back from somewhere, went off the road, hit a utility pole, had a tire come off, still drove home, and, well, police tracked down his car, and they have subsequently, or did on that night, charged him with OWI and a hit-and-run, hit a utility pole. So Kirk Madsen... uh, educational professional in the area charged with OWI and a hit and run last Thursday the news dropped he had asked to be reassigned within the school district the school district acquiesced to his request and Kim Kohler has taken over as the interim principal at Eau Claire North High this obviously brings forth an awful lot of questions one by the way we won't dig in too deeply when I read the initial WQOW report on this, when I read the initial WQOW report, they mentioned. Now they they obviously mentioned that they called the school district. School district had no comment, which is not surprising. But QOW also referenced that they had called the school on September 25th and did not get a response. And my thinking is, I went back through. There was no coverage of this when it happened on September 25th. So either things have been scrubbed offline or no media outlet actually did cover this when it first happened on September 25th. And I'm not, told, I'm not surprised if, it, if, if this fell through the cracks. You just don't have the type of reporting that you had even 20, 25 years ago. You, know, you don't have the reporters going every day to the police station like you used to even into the mid-aughts just to go through the files and do you really have somebody every day checking the names of anything that happened in the police blotter? Probably not. And even that said, a name like a Kirk Madsen might not register. 
So, but I just, that, that's kind of an aside question, you know. But the news came out on Thursday because Kirk Madsen had asked to be reassigned. Word got around the school district, obviously. Word got around the parents and staff, and it came out as to why he was, why he had been reassigned, no longer as the North High principal. So you, you've got questions now. For one, clearly this was hidden from the public. Why was this hidden from the public? Why wasn't a move made sooner? He's accused of OWI at a hit and run on September 25th. He should have been moved that week. He should have been moved that week. Principal is one of those positions of privilege we always talk about on this program. It's one of leadership. You are held to a higher standard. The same applications to other people, you know, there's a higher bar for principal. It's one of those positions that you rise up through the ranks and you earn. When you do something like this, 100% of your own accord, you've got to face punishment a little quicker than what you had. The other thing is, why was he the one that asked to be reassigned? Why was he why did he ask to be reassigned? Why wasn't he why why wasn't the re, why wasn't the reassignment done? You know, you know, you're being reassigned basically. Now, are we getting caught in a case of semantics? Is this no different than when somebody's given an option of resigning so it looks better or all that? And maybe that's what part of this is, but it all looks bad. It's all been bungled. All right. Now, I'm not necessarily on board with a Kirk Madsen losing his job completely for what he did. It is horrendous what he did. And obviously, being in a leadership position, a leadership position of students, OWI, hit and run, is awful. And I do definitely get the idea that some people have mentioned, what if that utility pole had been a human being? And yes, we're talking a completely different thing if that were to happen. Thankfully, that's not the case here. He hit a utility pole. So you're able to have a little bit of, a little bit more empathy, if you will, in this case. So I'm not, in, I'm not necessarily on board with him losing his job completely, but I'm 100% on board with a demotion. A demotion is 100% absolutely warranted. For Kurt Matson, not a suspension, not a you're going to get your job back at some point, a demotion and a significant demotion is right there. And if he doesn't want the demotion, well, then he can go on, see if somebody else will, will hire him. But a significant demotion. What I don't want here, and we don't know where he's been reassigned, what the situation is in that regard, and you hope that eventually does come out. Nothing came out the school board meeting, at least from what I read on uh, in the, the leader telegram today and I got to go find the minutes somewhere see if it did come up but usually that's a closed door session thing what I don't want is he just loses a title this has all been orchestrated thing that he's going to be reassigned and all that he loses the title but there's no loss of income he doesn't lose any income his paycheck remains the same he doesn't have any loss of benefits or anything like that and the only punishment he has is obviously the, re- the legal recourse. And there is, of course, going to be 
cost associated with that. But he also, his punishment is the, is you know, having the job taken away from him and, and kind of the, the public whipping. That's not enough. Public shaming is not enough because in this case, there isn't much public shaming anyway. The story has come and gone. Yes, it, it exists forever in a Google search and that. So, you know, I, 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 I'm okay with him just being reassigned out of the position as long as it's a significant demotion. It's a significant loss of income as well. And I will pivot back to this. He's going to have his day in court as well. He's going to have his day in court. And I will, you're going to say, Scott, you just talked about how we got to make sure we, ta- we give everybody their fair chance. And you talked about that guy getting cleared and all that. And you are right. You are right. In this regard, you are right. He, he, might, he might get exonerated, for all we know. Now, that being said, a lot of DWI, OWI cases tend to get exonerated off of technicalities. When they get, when they get pleaded down or anything like that, it's almost always on technicalities. But I will also say this. Again, this goes back to the higher standard. A job, even a public, a public school job, is, is, is separate from the law in that there's the, the legal protections you have, which we all should have, but your standard for any job, no matter what you are, is already higher. And again, for a principal, it's even higher than that. He, he put himself in this position. He put himself in this position 100%. 100% he put himself in this position. It's the old adage. You know, there's no way. There's no way. You're not going to be able to convince me we have to live in, in reality. He was, his, blood, his blood system was not just full of water that night. There's no way. There, there, there's no way. He, he had had a few cocktails, whatever he was doing on that Sunday night into that Monday morning on a work day that he was still out early in the morning. I have no idea. But or was this Monday evening? I thought I read it as Monday morning. Well, either way, uh, he's on and about. He knows his position. He took the risk. It's a bad case of judgment. It's a bad case of judgment for him. We'll follow this story, see uh, where this goes from here, because we're going to eventually have to find out where exactly he is. Where did you demote him to? Where did he get re- did he get demoted? Or is this just a case of we're going to let the everything breeze by? And this the school districts had other issues, incidents like this in recent years. Let's not forget that. I'm going to check that right here. The school districts had some other uh incidents in recent years. Uh with uh what have you. Um Now we'll see if that but Again, we'll follow up with all this as time goes on uh, with the Oak Cliff school system. Uh, one other thing, too, that some of this as well, we have to recognize this with how they're handling Kirk Madsen and the OWI and how this got disseminated out into the public and the messiness and all of that. A lot of it is legalese. A lot of it is legalese. 
You want to, if you don't say any, you can't get in trouble not saying anything. These businesses and these schools. If you don't say anything, you can't get in the trouble. If you say something, there's a chance of you getting in the trouble. You're, you might be breaking some very distant code in uh, contracts. But that being said, the Eau Claire Area School District's communications team, and trust me, they've got a big communication stream, and their superiors, because it might not be the communication people's issue, they're the middle managers, but they have not had a banner last few months. They have not had a banner last few months. Spare me what you put on Facebook. Spare me the, the funny, the, 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 the clever graphics and all of that. That's, that's part of the job. You know, there'll be a lot of stuff on social media in the next week or so with Halloween parties at schools and things like that. But when you've had an opportunity to really control a narrative to provide information, get out in front of something, they have failed mightily. The Oak Area School District's communications team. You've got this situation. The way this thing was brought forth to the public really kind of bungled it. You bungled the situation. You can't hide stuff. If you, if you hide something and then people find out what the true reason is, it makes everything look bad. Okay? It makes everything look horrendously bad. Then let's not forget just a few months ago, the bot situation from last June when you had the teacher at, I think it was North Middle School, and the individual told students that they were going to go through a sex change operation. And when the students came back this fall, the person was going to be uh, of a different, you know, they were going to go from, and I forget whether it was a missus to a mister or vice versa, but they were going to be changing during the... uh, during the summer months, and we talked about it during the summer, the issue wasn't what this individual was doing, okay? That's, that's not, and I know for some people that was their issue, and they were maybe hiding behind the communication of it as their way, but our issue all along was the communication of it because the school district could not provide transcripts of it. The school district couldn't provide what the letter was that was read to the students that day. Remember how bad that was? Like there was apparently a letter read to the students that day at the school and the school district couldn't produce that letter for a while. The whole thing was bungled and messed up. And, and I've said, I said it back then. I said, I, that, that may have been a situation where some people gave the clearance before it was given clearance at other levels. And the whole thing was messed up. So this has not been a, a banner last few months for the Eau Claire Area School District's communications uh, team. Okay, moving on. Uh, the Ellie Phillips Library coming out in the last few days. And they want to do something about an issue that's been going on at the library. And that is the fact the Ellie Phillips Library has become a de facto daytime shelter for the homeless or as more and more people are now using the term unhoused. And that is okay. That's okay. The library has become a de facto homeless shelter during the day. If you've been to the library, you know what I mean. It's, it's usually not a problem at all. I've been there with my kids. You go up to the third floor and you'll, you'll have a, you'll see somebody in a couple of, they'll take a couple of chairs and they'll lay out with a blanket 
it is what it is what it is. You'll see individual individuals that will be there over in the corner with some of their belongings. You'll also see individuals that uh, are using the uh, the computers. They're using the facilities, and that's fine. Everybody kind of understands that. By the way, if you ever go to some of the coffee shops downtown, particularly inside the Lismore, you'll see uh, people that are homeless or unhoused that are there. You know, maybe loitering, if you will. But these establishments are are okay with it, and I think most of the public is okay with it as as well. That I'm not bothering you, you're not bothering me, so be it. But you know, and again, I think people have expected this. If you've been there, you've seen these. It's not an issue. I haven't seen an issue yet, but the library says otherwise. The Oakware, the uh, Ellie Phillips Library says otherwise. They say they've had incidents that they've documented this year alone of about 600 incidents of unruly behavior. No big on brawl or anything like that, but incidents of messy behavior, leaving food around, uh, just kind of causing those types of disturbances, maybe speaking too loudly inside of the library. So, you know, minor disturbances that have been internally documented, and maybe there's been a couple of other more serious incidents, but nothing that's necessitated having to bring in uh, a police presence or anything like that. What the library is proposing and what's going to start to happen here is they've had some monitors in the past, and they're going to now bring in a full-time monitor beginning in January. And I think this is a, a great idea for the library. Their whole idea is to do, do anything that they're doing discreetly. Think about it. You've had these 600 incidents, and it's not been big news in the area. I know I've gone. I know other people that have gone. And one thing you don't hear a lot of in the area is people going, well, the library's becoming kind of dumpy. There's all these unhoused. You don't hear that at all. People know there's homeless people inside the library, but it's a big library. It's, everyone's kind of okay with that. They've kept these incidents fairly under wrap. They've done it discreetly, and they want to keep it that way. And if you have this full-time monitor come on and adhere to this goal of keeping things discreet, hey, I'm, I'm all on board with it. I know there's going to be some people that are going to look at this and say this is just a, a, a quiet way of slowly starting to keep the homeless out of the library. The staff at the library 100% are uh, vehemently against that as well. They understand kind of the role they play as a de facto daytime shelter. But the idea here is the library is still there to serve the public a need that's not the daytime shelter. And they want to make sure that these incidents that have remained fairly minor, one, go down in number, and two, when they do happen, they remain a minor inconvenience. So, uh, like the idea of the full-time monitor at the L.E. Phillips uh, Library. Uh, I, don't, I don't see any reason why you should not like that idea, uh, at least in theory. Now, we'll see how it plays out if all of a sudden the, if all of a sudden 
walking into the library and you've got th- what what goes from being, say, a monitor to now a team that's waiting there and you feel like you got to go through security to get into the library, maybe then we start having another discussion. But if this stays discreet and all that, hey, all good. One other thing I wanted to cover today, a couple things quickly here. The old Seahorse Inn. Everybody still refers to it as the old Seahorse Inn. Hadn't been the Seahorse Inn in a long, long time. I think of it as the local lounge. Remember when the local lounge became the big thing? What was it, 2017 when they opened? They had all the kind of young investors in the area that jumped in. They were going to bring back that that feel of the supper club and the local lounge, and then that thing fizzled out. And I think it was something in between as well. But the, the local lounge failed. Then it became Oh Juicy which had a lot of hype to it, but never seemed to have any traffic there. But they had a lot of hype with this old Juicy. Then that went out of business. Now, again, I, I've said since day one, why don't we just bulldoze the place? I think but it was something between the local lounge and old Juicy. I forget what it was. It was something. Because I remember that the individuals that went in there, and they didn't last long, And I said, flat on on this program, I'm pointing at the camera to those watching on Facebook. I remember they wrote me a scathing email back to me saying, how dare I doubt them? And then they were out of business like two months later. Uh, So it was local hours and it was whoever those those fools were. Then it was, oh, juicy. Now I think you've got the best chance for success because it's the people that operate one of the Mexican restaurants in the area, Casa Margarita. Uh, are going to go in there. And what excites me about Casa Margarita going in there is that this is, one, uh, a group that already owns restaurants in the area, so they've, they know how to run a restaurant. Two, it's a proven concept, Mexican food. It's a proven concept. So you're not trying something special there. Uh, that area has t- to make that, you either, you either got to make that thing a great destination spot or go with a, a tried-and-true method. And people have tried to make it a a destination spot, and they just can't make it work. So let's go with the tried-and-true method. Let's go with Mexican food at this place. And three, the third thing that excites me about it is Mexican restaurants tend to have a lower overhead cost compared to others. Ingredients, decor, all of that tends to be a lower overhead cost. Is there still a cost? Is there still a risk? Yes, there is. But then I go back to number one. You've got people that have already operated brick-and-mortar restaurant facilities. So uh, the old Seahorse Inn uh, taking on Casa Margarita. They're going to open up another restaurant there. May they have the best of luck with that location. Uh, the, the first group that was going to go in there, the local lounge, they were the ones that had the best idea there. They wanted to make that a entertainment venue and it was going to be something really special for the area and uh, they just couldn't they, they got the initial excitement but they just could not sustain it and they couldn't get through that that first little dip wait out the dip and try to bring it back up and again I can't think of what it was when uh that one group uh went in there briefly and then the old juicy people had a lot of good publicity and all of that but uh, they just couldn't make it work in the long run. So I'm excited about this Casa Margarita because if it, uh, one thing's for sure, that building isn't being demolished. 
<laughs> oh, and then one last thing. Uh, another person has announced their bid into that crowded Wisconsin 3rd Congressional District Democratic primary race. Eric Wilson, who's an Eau Claire native, joins a plethora of people uh, that are in there for that Democratic primary. Uh, they're all going after Derek Von Orden's congressional seat, assuming he runs again, has not officially announced he'll run again. We'll have to see if he does as a Republican. It's not, if you're wondering, my goodness gracious, there's what, five, six people now that are running for this thing, including that one person that's we talked about before, the Harvard student that has no ties to this region whatsoever. This is a seat Democrats across the country have targeted as being a, uh, a at-risk seat a vulnerable seat for a Republican like Derek Van Orden. So there's lots of money potential, whoever were to, say, win the Democratic nomination to go up against, assumably, Derek Van Orden is going to get a lot, is going to likely have a lot of national backing. They're going to have a lot of force behind any candidacy that they have. So people that have been thinking of running or whatever are thinking, all right, here's the time to run because I'm going to have a lot of support uh, behind me to run ads. And get ready, folks. There's going to be a lot of ads <laughs> for, for, all, for all of this. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of Talk of the Town. Back with you on Thursday. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.